Hey, thanks for joining us. You're listening to Living Fountains with Pastor Jim Stewart of Calvary Chapel, Kansas City. Today, our study is in the book of 2 Corinthians. If you're in a place where you can grab your Bible and follow along with us, we invite you to do so. And if you'd like more information on Living Fountains or Calvary Chapel, Kansas City, you can visit our website at calvarychapelkc.com. Now, let's join Pastor Jim for today's study. He, God, had delivered them from the bondage they were in in Egypt. That's so important to remember God is our deliverer. Now, is he just your deliverer or is it possible that he might be able to deliver somebody else? You see, isn't that powerful? That's encouraging. He's delivering you from whatever your circumstances are. He will deliver you in the future. And it may not be exactly the way you want it all to go, but God will be faithful. God is a great, powerful deliverer. You know, it's a perfect, finished work. He who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. God started this work in your life and he'll be faithful to complete it. He will deliver Always, consistently, he will deliver. He's still delivering us. You also helping together in prayer for us that thanks may be given by many persons in our behalf for the gift granted to us through many. Now, direct implication is about Titus had gone, you remember, delivered the letter with some instructions within that letter that he was to gather up an offering. Remember that he was gonna take ultimately to Judea, to Jerusalem. He was gonna take it there. Paul was gonna go with them and whoever their delegates were, whatever they wanted to do to send some people with them because the church in Jerusalem was suffering greatly. He says, hey, this is a great way to bridge the gap between the Jewish, the Messianic believers and the Gentile church. Paul had a heart to bridge that gap between them because there's a little bit of uh, uncertainty and, and difficulty in that. And he wanted to bridge that gap. It was a simple thing. He said, here's a way that we can show our love for them and, and just a practical way to help them and minister to them. And so no doubt he's talking about that gift that they were going to be taking. But I also want you to note that I think it's important that they were partners in prayer. In the midst of the struggles, in the midst of the sufferings, there's something proactive that you and I can do for ourselves and for one another. We can pray. We can get it into the presence of God. We have a faithful high priest who's acquainted with our griefs and sufferings. We've got a high priest that knows us, knows the design, knows what you're going through. He has been tested just like the testings and the trials that you and I go through and yet he is perfect. And so he knows what you feel. He knows the struggle, and yet he also knows the victory that can be yours in him. You also helping together in prayer for us. I like that, helping together, helping together. I like the fact that the guys, they were so concerned about their friend. And they climbed up on the roof. Jesus was in town. He was at this house and he's talking with some, some, a group of people. But it was just packed. They couldn't, their friend was kind of on a stretcher and they, 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 they knew if he could just, they could just get him in front of Jesus, that Jesus would be able to heal him and help this guy. They were so desperate for their friend to be made right, for their friend to be okay. 
that they got up on this roof and they started pulling away some of the thatching and some of the, the mud and thatch that was on the roof. And they started pulling it away because there's such a crowd, they couldn't get their friend through into the presence of the Lord. But they were relentless. The Bible tells us to keep praying, keep knocking, keep seeking, keep asking, be diligent, stay with it, stay with it. Persistence, persistence, persistence. It's so important. Man, I learned a great lesson this last week. Someone had agreed to do something for the ministry. It was no big deal, but they had agreed to do something for the ministry. And it was just a kind of a, a, a transaction that was going on. They'd agreed to do this thing. And, you know, it was great for us. We were, th- oh, praise the Lord, that's awesome, you know. They were not believers, to the best of our knowledge, but it was a business. They agreed to do something. They thought, hey, that's great. They just wanted to bless and stuff. That's awesome. It was kind of a beginning of a little bit of a relationship, which is still intact. Um, I'll file that in advance. Yeah, everything's fine on that part of it. But it was interesting. They've been doing this for years. While they're working on our project, their machine breaks down. As their machine breaks down, their insurance guy comes in and says, hey, yeah, well, that's kind of convenient because I was going to talk to you guys about you really ought to rethink doing this kind, of, this kind of work anymore because it's just got a lot of other risks involved with it and stuff. And so then they got freaked out. They went out of that, that business, that part of their business doesn't exist anymore. Keep praying, keep praying, keep praying. It was great that their desire was to do something, but keep praying. If you're praying and someone's come to know the Lord, We've got people in our gatherings that have come to know the Lord very recently. Danny, we're still praying for you. Every, every Tuesday morning, man, we're praying for you, brother, that you would just stay with it, man. I know it's not easy. I know it's a hard course, but God's got a purpose and a plan for your life and he didn't save you for nothing. He saved you because he wants to use your life for his honor and his glory, man. And, and we're praying for one another. We gotta keep praying, keep praying, keep praying. Don't just, well, you know, hey, God bless you. You know, glad you're saved now. You know what I mean? I mean, now all hell's gonna break loose in their life. Some of you are going through horrible things. Some of your marriages are coming unraveled and you're scared to tell anybody because of your own foolish pride. Brothers and sisters, it's time to repent from that. It's time. We're not gonna move forward that way. It doesn't happen that way. It's about being honest. If you're messed up, you're messed up. I don't care if you're 90 years old and messed up or 15 and messed up. If you're messed up or anything in between. If you're messed up, you're messed up. We need God. I need God every day. I know how messed up I am. I need God every day. God, help me. Help me to walk with you. Help me to see your ways. I am telling you, that's a plea from my heart. Every day when I wake up, Lord, please help me. Really. I want to walk with you. I want to please you. And I know in and of myself, no good thing dwells. I know that. But you're there and I trust you, God. Praying for one another, praying for others. We don't want to stop just because we think, oh, well, and put it into autopilot or cruise control. That's when stuff starts going really bad. At least that's my experience. Paul says, you also helping together in prayer for us. Helping together. They pulled the, fat, the roof apart and they lowered. You didn't think I was going to get back to that story, did you? <laughs> you thought I went all ADD on you, but that's not true. I'm back with you and I'm on task. You know, so pulled the roof apart and they lowered their friend in because they love their friend. Don't grow weary in praying for your friends and family that don't know Jesus. Keep praying, keep praying, keep praying. 25 years for my brother-in-law. 25 years. 
And praise God, last year he came to know Jesus Christ. Praise God, man. It's a good work. We got to stay with it. They lowered their friend in, got him off his stretcher and kind of got him bundled up and just, you know, lowered their friend in and got him because they just, man, we got to get him in front of Jesus. You see, that's what you and I get to do when we're praying for friends and family. We're getting, pulling the stuff away from the roof and we're just dropping them in right in front of Jesus. You think Jesus missed him? Dirt's kind of falling in, you know, looking up, all of a sudden there's daylight up there. Now this guy is being lowered, dropped that lowered in. Jesus doesn't miss a thing with you and I either. When you and I bring our friends and our family to the Lord, when we bring those people that we don't even like, but we know, gosh, I want them to come to know Jesus. I, I wish hell for no one. No one, absolutely no one on the face of this earth do I wish hell for. It's real and I wish it for no one. It's forever and ever and ever and ever and ever, 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 ever separation from God. I wish that for absolutely no person on the face of this earth. There was a bond that went on between Paul and the Corinthians. It was way past their offering. It was the prayer helping together, working together through prayer. I believe much of the work of ministry is done on our knees before the Lord through prayer. There are many, and I know Billy Graham to be one of them, Men have been used powerfully in the gospel throughout the centuries. And most all of them in their latter years say, I wish I had done less and prayed more. Many who would say, I have so much to do, hold all my calls, I'm gonna to have to spend an extra hour in prayer. Now to your mind and my mind, naturally, that makes no sense. It just makes no sense. But to the spiritual side, it makes all the sense because that's where God, I'm telling you, God can multiply our efforts. God can open doors that we could never open. God can do things that we could never, ever think of. God can do. And prayer, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty. Pulling down the stronghold and it all happens through prayer. You know, what's funny, the disciples, did they ask Jesus, help us to love other people the way you love people? What, what was the main thing that they asked? Teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. They saw something about Jesus, that the power was there because he was connected to the Father through prayer. God help us. For our boasting is this, verse 12, the testimony of our conscience that we conducted ourselves in the world. It says, as we've been around you, as we've had this contact with you, as we represented the testimony, what we say, this is who we are, the testimony of our conscience that we conducted ourselves in the world in simplicity and godly sincerity not with fleshy wisdom, but by the grace of God and more abundantly toward you. It says, man, God's grace is what it was about, what it is about, what it'll always be about. And it was abundant even in toward our relationship with you. Gracious, unmerited love and favor. 
He doesn't say, by the perfect life we live or that by my perfect actions. He doesn't say that, does he? He says it was about God's grace. That's important because, you know, sometimes we get into this plastic idea of Christianity, you know, that we're going to represent ourselves as being kind of something, this, this ideal super Christian that we think, you know, in our minds. We think that's what super Christian looks like. So we want to present to other people, yeah, I'm, are you, oh, yeah, you know, running late today, I had a lot of extra time. You know, God was just really speaking to me and, you know, I, I just got so overwhelmed in my devotions. And, you know, it sounds real spiritual, but if you're late, you're late, Right? If you made a commitment, you're late, you're late. You should have gotten up early, left, lost a little sleep and said nothing to anyone. I'm talking about spiritually. I'm, I, I'm not, practically how that plays out, that's between you and the person you're late with. But the idea is, is if we can say things, I'm giving you examples, you can say things in such a way to seem all spiritual or hyper-spiritual when in fact it really wasn't. It was just fleshy. Gosh, that's offensive. Let's move on. By, but by grace of God. Now, let's stay with that. Stay with God's grace and more abundantly toward you. Unmerited love and favor displayed for you and I on the cross, not with fleshy wisdom. I love these two words, simplicity and godly sincerity, simplicity. In their relationship, it was not manipulative. There was no hidden agenda. Paul wasn't trying to extract anything from them or, or anything like that. It was what you see is what you get type of thing, simplicity, not manipulative, no hidden things going on, no smoke and mirrors, just very straightforward. That's so important. Godly sincerity, that sincerity without wax. Straight, that's what it means, without wax. To us, it's like without wax. Great. They would take wax and they'd put it down inside a pot that this guy knows has got a crack in it, and it's gonna be a water pot. But man, he's got time in it, he's glazed it, he's fired it, he's done all this stuff. To just throw it and bust it would be integrous, but not very profitable. So he put wax in it, stuffed wax in there. Sometimes they used to hold up a pot like this and get it up into the light because then they could see if there was wax in it, if the light came through it. But some unknowing person purchases this. This guy's made his money, but he's not integrous, is he? He is not sincere because this guy's taking this home now he goes and gets water once or twice. That went pretty good. Now it's sitting outside with no water in it yet, and the sun's beating down on it. You know what happens with wax. Now he goes down to fill the thing up, and he's walking. He's lost half the water until he gets to his house because it had a crack in it. It wasn't sincere. It had wax in it. It was fake. That's the whole thing. It was fake. So he says... Godly sincerity, without wax, not fake. We are who we are, <laughs> and this is the real deal. This is the God that changes lives. For we are not writing any other things to you than what you read or understand. I now trust you will understand even to the end, as you also have understood us in part, that we are your boast as you also are ours. 
in the day of the Lord Jesus says, man, at the day of the revelation or the revealing of Jesus Christ, whether we go to be with him or he shows up to pick us up, either way, at that point in time, that kind of brings up an interesting thought to me, that we are your boast as you also are ours. I think it's important for us to be thankful in the right sense of the word for one another and the fellowship that we get to enjoy together that we are one another's boast. God's work in your life is the boast. God's work in our lives together is the boast. That in one another, who God is in your life is, is our boast. And we, we share in that together. It's the right sense of being proud of one another, proud of one another's interaction in the right sense of, of the word of proud pleased with and, and uh, a, a right identification with one another, that it's very important that which, which we share together in our fellowship together. It's significant. It matters. And that we treat each other with that kind of respect that, that man, we love each other and we have a heart for one another. Basically, kind of we're all in this together and we have a heart for one another in everything that we're doing. I think, you know, we oftentimes want that sense of community within a body of believers. We want that sense of community. And it's, I know, very lacking in our world today. You know, because we sit around and by ourselves and we can watch our movies on our little phones. We just zone out and go into our own little world, watch, you know, throw your buds in and watching a movie, you know? It, 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 we just can live in a very self involved, focused life. And, but we, we know somehow deep inside if we desire that sense of community. But a sense of community is interactive, right? It's, it's interactive. It's, it's collective. It's not something I but visit into it and, 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 and there, therefore I have this sense of community because I fly in once in a while, I, you know, buzz around for a minute and that, you know, you know, I'm out over here now again. You know, I'm just kind of coming in, maybe visiting. Is that a sense of community? See, there's a lot of things that we, we try and, you know, develop as a ministry here. And one of those is that. Really, this is why, I'm, I mean, my heart's so in. Yes, I like all the snap goods. You guys know that. I reflect that. I represent that, you know. I like all that. But I, though I like all that, I like what that affords us as a body we have an opportunity to hang out and fellowship and be around each other. And somehow that just, those three tables just kind of afford us that opportunity. It's your opportunity. It's for you that you can interact with others and, and talk about things that God's doing. I, I love that. All of the things that we do, all of the functions, all the things that we put on are, are designed with you in mind. Other than that, it's just a bunch of stuff to do. But that, that's not, it's this right here, that we are your boast as you also are ours. That, that we would have that kind of community sense about one another. This is why the, the different things, like we put the simulcast, this is why we're doing the different event things, so we can see how we can gather in and bring people together for ministry. You see, this is why there's retreats. This is why there's 
the simulcast stuff. This is why all of those different functions happen. Some of you say, guys, the guys will just say, well, I know there's a golf thing coming up, but you know, I really don't golf and stuff. Well, that's okay. We can all join that club. You know, some of you golf, some of you don't, but it's not about the, just the golfing. It's about getting together and just having some fun outside of the walls here and bringing some people with us that maybe wouldn't normally hang out with us. It's interactive. It's part of being a part of a community. We want the idea of that, but you have to understand, in order for it to be a community, we have to be a part of that together, right? Does that make sense? In order for that to happen, we have to be a part of that together. And these things are designed, the retreats and stuff, we've got a women's retreat coming up. These things are designed so that you can get to know one another and develop relationships in the Lord and begin to grow and develop and, and just flourish in your walk with the Lord. I know there's a million things of choices and things out there to do. I just want you to know our heart is a ministry of, of why we do the things we do. These are, this is for you. It's that it might benefit you, that you might grow, and that you might, these things foster a deeper sense of community in us as believers. And that's important for us. We want that. But in order for that to exist, because you see, you are a part of that. So you are going to be a huge blessing to someone else as someone else is going to be a huge blessing to you. But we are so self-involved in our world today that we look at it in what do I get from this? How does this really stroke me spiritually? Or how do I feel? Is that really my thing? Well, maybe it's not. But maybe you would be a huge blessing to somebody else. That's community. That's kind of what Paul describes here. And so I want to encourage you guys, man, free up your wives. Make sure they know that you're able to take care of children. Let them know that, hey, yeah, we can work this out. Ladies, if you're having trouble, you know, uh, economically on this and you can only pay so much, let, them, let the other ladies know at the table. There's other ladies that are wanting to give scholarships for those who maybe can't quite afford the whole thing. So let people know, communicate. That's what community does, right? We want that. It, it happens only if we do that. You see, these things are opportunities to afford that, that you guys might be blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much uh, for listening today. This is Pastor Jim, and I'm really blessed that you've tuned in, and I, I hope that uh, God's really doing a, a fresh new work in your life. And oftentimes, uh, when we hear messages like today's message, the Lord starts to tug on our hearts, and, and he, he wants to hear from us. He wants our response, and that's just a prayer, a simple prayer of faith. And maybe you just need to get right with God. Maybe you need to repent and turn your life back over to the Lord. Maybe you just need to give your life to Jesus, and you've never done that before. This is your time. This is your opportunity. God's word goes out. And he's making himself known, and he wants you to live and have everlasting life. Incline your ear and come to him. And so Jesus is calling out to you, and it's your opportunity to respond and call back to him and just open that door in your heart. 
It's a simple response in prayer. It doesn't matter where you are or what you're doing. If you just pray this simple prayer of faith, God will come into your life and make your heart his home. Jesus, I ask that you would do just that. Make my heart your home, that you would come in and forgive me of my sin. I want to ask you to be my personal Lord and Savior. I know this isn't about religion. It's about a relationship, and I want to start that relationship. You're calling out to me. I'm thirsty. I'm hungry. I'm in need of spiritual help, and so I'm calling out to you, God, asking that you would help me. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for making yourself known to me, and Lord, I just want to receive that gift of everlasting life. I want to thank you for it right now, and I ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed and received the Lord into your heart today, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us or another Bible teaching church in your area so you may be encouraged in your new journey. If you'd like more information about Living Fountains or Calvary Chapel, Kansas City, simply visit our website at calvarychapelkc.com. And if you're social media savvy, you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash calvarychapelkc. Also, Living Fountains podcasts are available in the iTunes store now, and you can download them at no cost. If you're in the Kansas City area and you'd like to join us for worship, we meet in Overland Park on Sunday mornings. The service times and directions can be found at calvarychapelkc.com or you can simply contact the church office at 913-681-1635. It's been great spending time with you today in God's Word and we look forward to you joining us next time on Living Fountains.